from the Tulsa world. This is the OU Sports Extra podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Eric Bailey and Mason Young. Oklahoma wins 28-11 to in a game that's a lot more closer than the final score indicated. Mason, I, I thought Oklahoma would be stressed. It's probably good that they were stressed. It's been a while after, you know, week one, 73 to nothing. I think Brent Venable is glad is glad that they had a, a tight game, but a lot to work on after game one or game two. 100%. I think, that, as you alluded to, this was good for them because, and as Brent Venables put it, this is a game they might not have won last year. SMU had cut the lead to three to start the fourth quarter, and OU was faced with a situation where they had to respond in a crucial moment, scoring points to keep tacking on to the lead and, and start to pull away. And they did that. Uh, it, was, it wasn't the prettiest drive. They had a hold on Walter Rouse. They had a touchdown of Marcus Major called back uh, because of uh, Tyler Guyton was considered an eligible man downfield. Uh, but they finally got in the end zone with Dylan Gabriel's touchdown pass to Jalil Farouk. And then their defense got a stop. Peyton Bowen batted the ball away on, on fourth down. And, and with that, they completely swung the momentum of the game and, and started to pull away a little bit. But it was tense there before that that sequence occurred. You know, let's not take anything away from this SMU team. You're looking at a team with a lot of experience, a lot of seniors on the team, picked third to finish third in the American Athletic Conference. A lot of silly mistakes by Oklahoma, though. Uh, let's go back to their touchdown or SMU's touchdown drive, uh, make it to make it 14 to 11 with 12 minutes to play. A couple of two pass interferences, uh, one on Peyton Bowen, one on uh, Jaron Kanick, and then a uh, penalty on Brent Venables, of all people. Uh, sideline sideline interference. He said he was hoping for a warning. And uh, Ryan Aber, our, our colleague from the Oklahoman, asked what happened on that play. And he kind of laughed, said, well, uh, uh, he ran into me. Brent was too far out out on the field, and they ran at each other, and there was no warning. He got the flag. So we always wondered, you know, what if uh, Brent needed to get back coach. I, maybe he does after that penalty. The only touchdown that Oklahoma's given up all season, though, it's been since 2003, since Oklahoma's went this long to start a season without giving a touchdown seven quarters. That's something to hang their hat on. But really a bend-but-don't-break attitude with this Oklahoma defense. When you think about long-term, set, you know, 11 points in, in game two, uh, that's not a bad day at the office. Yeah, they had a great day. There was a lot of individual players that had a great day as well. Danny Stutzman had a team-high 17 tackles. That was one off his career high. Key Lawrence forced a fumble that Stutzman recovered. That was a really great play. We talked about Bowen uh, blocking a punt on special teams then also getting a stop on fourth down. Uh, they just had a, a lot of great effort all around from a lot of different guys, and they played a bunch of guys once again. That, that that depth that they have, that they've added through the transfer portal and with the freshman class continues to impress so far. Yeah, let's go back and talk about that punt block. You think about it, uh, the first series, the first punt in two straight games, Oklahoma special teams has came through. Last week it was Gavin Freeman after a three and out getting the 82-yard punt return. This time, SMU's first punt results in Peyton Bowen, who really wasn't supposed to be the guy making the play, but he turned out to be the guy that made the punt block. Uh, SMU punting from their own 30. He gets a hand on a ball. OU takes over at the 40, and a couple of plays later, they score the touchdown. Uh, it was neat seeing the true freshman get in there and make a play. Uh, outstanding play by him to get a hand on a ball. And uh, this, this, you know, Jay Nunez with this special teams, what they can do is pretty special. And, you know, that just gives another uh, another uh, weapon for this Oklahoma offense. It's something that other teams have to scout for. And going forward, we'll see how much more this, this special team unit can really be a play a factor in what Oklahoma is trying to do. 
yeah, it will definitely be interesting to monitor. Uh, they, they I, I think the thing that really impressed was the multiple times as well that the defense was able to to shut things down and fourth down. You had talked about uh, in some stuff you wrote pregame that you wanted to kind of see that this game, see how they would respond to tense situations, and uh, they responded really well to that. You know, one thing that Jeff Levy said in postgame during his postgame comments was he used to work conservative three or four times, as in he was too conservative. And I'd have to agree, there wasn't a lot of shots taken downfield. When you looked at the, the postgame stat sheet, there were no passes for over 20 yards. He didn't take any deep shots. I asked Brent Venables about it. He said that the defense played a soft zone, kept everything in front of him. And there was no reason to take any deep shots. Uh, Jeff Levy said that he 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 chose to try to eat up the clock and, you know, run the ball a little more. But I really thought there should have been some opportunities. I think Jeff Levy in hindsight might have probably should have took a couple more shots. Uh, is that something that will change, you know, in future games? I don't know. But, I, you know, the offense did seem to be a little bit more conservative. But one thing that did come out of that was Tawi Walker, uh, 21 carries, 117 yards, as they tried to still determine who the featured back is going to be this season, I think Tawi Walker took a big step forward. Uh, you look at the other backs, I think, uh, what, 19 carries for 48 yards? Is that somewhere around that neighborhood? Uh, it was actually it was 11 carries for 45. Okay, 11 for 45 among the other running backs. So, yeah, when you look at that and what Tawi did, I mean, he, he took a big step forward. So, I think uh, – but Jeff Levy did say during postgame today that still running back by committee – so we'll see what happens next week when they go to Tulsa. But I think Towie Walker really impressed me with his physical play. He runs with authority, and Oklahoma still needs to establish that every down, every day back. And I, I thought he really had a good game. Yeah, he was very impressive. I mean, his story just continues to be remarkable. He's still a walk-on. He's a junior college transfer. He's had to work and, and strain for everything he's gotten. But now becoming a feature back at a place like Oklahoma, that's pretty impressive. And he has a, a unique skill set too. I mean, he's he's very physical and, and runs through contact, but he also caught a few passes tonight and, and uh, added that wrinkle to his game. So uh, obviously OU has a, a big stable of running backs and you don't know moving forward how they're going to address that. It seems like that they're keeping pretty quiet about um, like giving too much guy, one guy too much run. As you said, Jeff Levy talked about it being a committee. And, and uh, obviously Marcus Major, Javante Barnes, Gavin Sawchuk, they've all flashed at times. So uh, it looks like it'll continue to be, as Levy said, about riding the hot hand. But definitely, yeah, seeing Tawi Walker and, and just how impressive he was tonight, uh, seems like he's really come a long way uh, now in his second year at OU. You know, one player that we did say play tonight was Drake Stoops. Uh, everyone wondered what his health was like. And I was listening to the OU broadcast and Bob Stoops uh, does a little segment during the game and said that it was an AC sprain. Uh, Bob Stoops said that his son Drake did take part in practice this week, uh, was limited a little bit for contact drills, but did take part in practice. And Drake did did play and started today. So I guess, you know, going forward, it's probably going to be a pain management thing, it looks like. So it's good to see Drake out. Uh, McCullough, uh, Desan McCullough, the cheetah did not play tonight. Uh, we did see the first time this year, Gavin Salchek saw some action today. Uh, injuries on the, from today's game, Gentry Williams, uh, first series of the game at cornerback goes injured, came back in the second quarter, sat out the rest of the second half though. So we'll have to see where his, where his, uh, where he's going to be. Uh, anyone else? Did we see anyone else get injured or any other injury report stuff? 
Yeah, a couple other things. Um, our Mason Thomas uh, got his first action. He missed last week's game. He was still recovering from an ankle injury in fall camp. So he brought some extra pressure off the edge for OU. And then Brent Venables mentioned that Justin Harrington, who made the interception at the end of that game, uh, was playing a little bit banged up. So hopefully nothing too serious for him, but that'll be something to monitor moving forward as they might have to do some really different stuff at Sheeta if he and McCullough both can't go next week against Tulsa. Yeah, we looked, we saw Reggie Pearson, I think, playing some cheetah tonight. And uh, Justin Harrington had a big old ice pack on his knee coming in. And uh, he said he was okay. He walked in the interview room after the game, said he was okay, told everyone he was okay. So it was good to talk to him. And his story still remains dynamic, how he came back, you know, left the team, came back, asked Venables to come back, and now look at him now. So real dynamic, uh, dynamic story. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, again, uh, four touchdown passes, has 101 in his career. Um, Andrew Anthony continues to be the go-to guy. Uh, I'm trying to think anything else stood out today. Um, I guess one of the big storylines was not only what happened on the field, but what happened after the game. Uh, and it's the, been the big chatter after the game. And I know you wrote something right after the game. Uh, <laughs> once you tell everyone what we saw, what I saw, I snapped a picture of it. It's on our, uh, it's going to be in our print paper tomorrow. It's on our website. Uh, what, what did you see? What did we, what did everyone see after the game? Yeah, so Art Bryles was on Owen Field tonight after the game. He's obviously the former Baylor coach who was fired um, because of all the sexual assault allegations surrounding his program and uh, was his leadership and accountability of his players was deeply questioned. It's one of the greatest black eyes on college football history. He happens to be the father-in-law of OU offensive coordinator Jeff Levy. And it's happened that tonight after OU's game, he was on OU's field wearing an OU shirt. Brent Venables was asked about it after the game, and it didn't seem like he was very happy. He said he found out right before he came in for his press conference and said it's being addressed. Jeff Levy was also asked about it and didn't really have much of a, a rationale or, or any composed statement. Just said, that's my father-in-law. That's the grandfather to my kids. And uh, he was down there with our family. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see how OU addresses this. I have a feeling it's something we're going to be uh, continuing to talk about into next week because of who Bryles is and, and what his image and his name is, is linked to in terms of one of the greatest scandals in college football history. It'll be a talking point for sure as Oklahoma prepares for next week, week three, go to Tulsa. Uh, first time they've played since I think 2014. Uh, they'll be at Chapman Stadium at Tulsa, sold out crowd, third sellout in TU history. Uh, they sold out uh, New Mexico, which was the home opener for the renew. Uh, the uh, I think they restructured Chapman Stadium, uh, renovated Chapman Stadium. So, and then they sold out Boise State when Boise State was at its uh, apex back in uh, 2008, 2009. And now Oklahoma is going to sell out the stadium 30,000 seats. Uh, Chapman Stadium. So uh, sell out next Saturday, 2.30 kickoff NTU. I know we'll be covering that and getting ready. Kevin Wilson, former OU assistant coach as head coach of the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, who went to uh, Washington this week. I think they lost 43 to 10. Tough game for the for the Golden Hurricane. Uh, so we'll be in Tulsa. Uh, Mason, as always, uh, it's been fun. Two two games down, 2-0. and oh. Just think after next week's game, we'll be a third of the season already complete. Hard to believe how fast this thing moves, huh? Pretty wild feeling. It's also crazy to think about that the week after that, you know, we'll be flying to Cincinnati for a new Big 12 opponent and in the first game of Big 12 play. That's going to be a fun trip.
All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening. OU Sports Extra. Uh, we'll have a lot of stories coming up this week. Nate Fakin, our videographer, great stuff. Uh, did a lot of video. We'll have our analysis on there on video all weekend long. Just look for all our coverage at TulsaWorld.com, OU Sports Extra. Be sure and look at all our podcast uh, platforms, uh, Google, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your stuff. And be sure and watch it. Look for our stuff, TulsaWorld.com, OU Sports Extra. Appreciate you guys listening.